Zanino. Middle, middle. That a boy. He, he, he got it. He, he it got deep. it. We got, he got it. it. Mike Zanino <laughs> just walked off Minnesota. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. Amen, brother. Good speed out there, pitch. Deep drive, left center field. Give me a baby! Go! A home run for Mitch Hanniger! Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of the Soto Mojo Podcast. This is your host, Colby Patton, and joining me as always is Ty Gonzalez. Ty, what do you what do you want to talk about today, man? Because I got a fantasy football draft coming up. I think maybe we'll talk <laughs> running back versus receiver in round one. Does that sound good to you? Uh, yeah, I think we're going to talk about how C.J. Procise uh, has still not touched the field for a while for the Seahawks, so... Hey man, that's my ninth round like sleeper pick. So, anyways, <laughs> let's let's start with Russell Wilson. Oh no, uh, the Mariners played some pretty good baseball this weekend, didn't they? Yeah, they they did, and I uh, I had to eat my words a little bit. Um, you and a lot of people, I, was, I think. Yeah, I was I was starting to think uh, things were going down the tube, and you know they still might. Uh, but that was a pretty fun weekend. It's really a reminder of what the team is capable of. Um, you know, I think a lot of Mariner fans, even the most like optimistic, cheery guys, were like, "Man, if we could get two of these games, that would be that would be huge." And yeah. of course, the Mariners got the first two, and then they just decided to take the next two as well. So, uh, yeah, the sweep in Houston. The Mariners are now four games back of the Houston Astros. Uh, for the division lead, they're only a game and a half back of the A's, who they play tonight. Um, but before we get too far, let's talk about the Houston series. What was your biggest takeaway from that four-game stretch we just saw? Um, two things, really. The first one being that they beat Verlander, Cole, Morton, and Keichel. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's insane and they put up runs doing it they they put up a six spot on verlander right yep um they were able to put up three on cole yeah that was that was really impressive uh what they did um and then the second one of course is the lineup change which we'll get into more um later but you know mitch hanniger hitting at the top d gordon going down to nine it just made the lineup a lot better it made it a lot more fluid it gave the best at bats to your best hitters, uh, or the most at bats to your best hitters, and um, yeah, it, it worked out beautifully. Yeah, it is almost shocking how giving your best best hitters more at bats scores more runs. I know, but uh, yeah, you know, it, you talk about first of all, just there are three legitimate Cy Young candidates in that Houston rotation. Mm-hmm. The Mariners scored six runs, three runs, and three runs off of them. So you're looking at 12 runs over 
about 15 innings. Like that's that's not bad at all. Um, I didn't think they could score 15 runs in the entire series, but uh, here they are, man. They go in, they knock around Verlander, which just filled me with joy. That mm-hmm. that little oh, that hypocrite. Mm. Talking about, I like, I like all I like all the Astros fans that responded to your tweet about that, and they were like, "Oh, is he a hypocrite?" Yeah, well, I don't know. Maybe he's just an asshole. Maybe that was the correct word. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. When you say steroid users are bad and all that stuff, and then you one of your teammates gets busted, and you're like, "Well, you know, everybody makes mistakes." That's why you're a hypocrite. Yeah. And also, I just don't really like you, so. Uh, anyways, yeah, so that, that was fun, and then to see him get ejected on, like, was that not the most obvious balk you've ever seen in your life, like? Yeah, that was, that was pretty bad. I didn't see it live, but I saw the video of it, and that was really bad. And it's like, that's what you're complaining about, really? Because that's, like, textbook balk, like, yeah. come on, man. But anyways, yeah, so they knock him around. Uh, let me ask, what was your favorite game of this series? Because I think, uh, they all have, I think, I think yes. I think yesterday yeah. was pretty pretty great. I mean the the you know because Erasmo coming back and having such a good game really like when you think about it like I I thought Erasmo was putting you know they were going to put up five on him at least mm-hmm. you know because that's what that's what's happened to him you know ever since he came back to Seattle uh, that's why I wrote about just a couple of days ago. Um, yeah, so to see him, his his command was awesome yesterday. I, I don't know if you noticed, but he was hitting his mark consistently. A um, lot of quality pitches. Uh, it was really impressive, and the way that he got out of that bases loaded no out jam, I, I was I was very impressed with the Rasmo, and I'm looking forward to seeing what he does uh, in his next start. I think that's against uh, the Dodgers, which is an even tougher test. Um, so we'll see, but. Uh, yeah, and then the the comeback after they you know after they blew it, which wasn't really their fault. It was just really bad Babbitt luck. Yeah, and like uh, yeah, the the check swing single, a questionable hit by pitch. Like yeah, I just uh, yeah, that just felt yeah. like a game that of course they're gonna lose like that because that's kind of what the Mariners have been for the last month, right? Yeah, and uh, but yeah, to see you know Healy. Who made who made me a lot of my words yesterday? Uh, you know, hit that um, that home, that game tying home run down to his last two strikes, insane. And then Hanniger's just uh, Hanniger ripping that double down the line, D scoring from first. And uh, also keep in mind that this game was on TBS, so we did do that on national TV technically. So um, that was pretty fun. That's a, that's a pretty fun game to have. That's that's one of the better games of the year, I think, just in mm-hmm. terms of uh, memorability. Yeah, that was that was really cool. Yeah, I think the thing that I find so interesting about that last game is that it would have been so easy for them, after all that bad luck, to just kind of be like, well, you know, we had a great series. We won three out of four in Houston. Clearly the ball's not going to bounce our way today, and you know, they could have easily packed it in and that, did all that stuff. And, uh, no, they came back. You know, Healy hits the home run. Uh, Mitch Hanniger, you know, magically getting more at-bats and, you know, driving in game-winning runs and whatnot. And then uh, Edwin Diaz, which was just absolutely spectacular this week, 
converting four saves and four opportunities against the Astros in one series. Uh, he looked pretty damn good, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I mean, especially he he looked his best in the fourth game. Mm-hmm. He was he was ripping it in there. I, I did he throw a ball yesterday? I don't I don't remember. Like he was around the strike zone, just pounding it. Uh, he I don't got. Think so. Yeah, you got Guriel on three strikes in a row. That was insane. And even Guriel just looked at him and just laughed. I thought that was hilarious. Yes. Uh, it was. It was. <laughs> Edwin Diaz, like whoever questions Edwin Diaz, and I don't think there are many that question Edwin Diaz. But if you do, you're an idiot. Edwin Diaz is is just amazing. He's seriously the best closer the Mariners have had since Kazusaki. Yeah, he's probably the best of all time. Um, yeah, in in the Mariners franchise. Uh, yeah, <laughs> clearly he's not there with Mariano or Hoffman or any of those guys yes. yet. But I mean, really, if you could pick anybody in Mariners history to get the final three outs of a game, aren't you picking Edwin Diaz? Probably. Yeah. yeah, I I just I don't even think it's really that close. I mean, maybe Cause, maybe Puts when he was rolling, but. I mean, to me, it's it's Diaz and pretty much every nobody else. So uh, you, you're telling me you don't want Jose Mesa? No, I'm <laughs> I'm good. And I, as much as much as I love the DA, I don't think I'm going to choose Artsma or Brandon <laughs> League or any of those guys. Here, so. Yeah, no, I'll stick to I'll stick to Diaz. But uh, speaking of Diaz, we kind of have an interesting uh, narrative or storyline to follow, and that is some buzz that Edwin Diaz might be a Cy Young candidate. Uh, what, do, what do you think of that? So it seems like every year there's like one reliever that everyone thinks should win the Cy Young. Yeah. You know, it's been like, it's been Britain, Andrew Miller, etc. Um, I think this year Edwin Diaz has a legitimate chance though. Um, he has, a great opportunity here to break Francisco Rodriguez's record, especially considering how many one-run games the Mariners are continue to win, and that's just what they're going to do for the rest of the season, it seems. Uh, I mean, yeah, he has a, he has a great chance. Um, and I think considering that he can break a record, considering how he's been the best pitcher on the Mariners' staff entirely... Um, and is basically putting them on his back, you know, in most games for, you know, these one-run leads. Because when you look at it, no other reliever has been able to do this, you know, to to save so many one-run leads. And, I, and I'm not big into the save stat. I think it's, I think it's inflated. I think it's overblown. Uh, but, you know, when you look at the situations that he's been put in and how he's consistently performed and hasn't, you know, cracked under that kind of pressure, even when he's had, you know, those little hiccups when he's come into tie games or whatever, and he's given up lead or he's given up, you know, runs, you know, even with that, considering what he's done in such big situations, he's been huge that, that he has been the most valuable pitcher in all of baseball. Really, if you think about it, um, and I think that yeah, he he. I don't know if he will actually win the Cy Young. You know, I think it's kind of how 
in the NFL where they have the MVP, how the MVP is always a quarterback. The Cy Young just the Cy Young just kind of has to be a starting pitcher. Um, but I wouldn't rule him out. I think he would at least get into the top three. I think right now it's going to be Garrett Cole or uh, Luis Severino. Uh, but we'll see. Yeah, you know, I'm a, I'm a pretty staunch believer in the Cy Young should go to a starting pitcher. Um, just because you're looking at 200 innings of dominant baseball versus, you know, Diaz right now is at 59 innings, so probably, what, 75-ish? Yeah. Innings? Like, it's just, it's no contest. That's more valuable. Do I think Edwin Diaz has a shot? No. Um, do I think he deserves to be in the conversation? Sure. I mean... Yeah. I mean, he's a three-one. He's a three-one player per fan graphs right now. So yeah, he's two point four per uh, baseball reference. So I mean, he's right there, two three-win player. Um, you look at the fifteen point three strikeouts per nine. He's posting a point seven eight zero WHIP. I mean, the guy has been incredible. A two oh two ERA plus. You know, a hundred is average. So he is one hundred percent better than the average pitcher. Like. I mean, that's yeah. insane. He's already got 46 saves. Like, saves not really a meaningful stat, but it is to a lot of voters. So if he breaks that record, I mean, if he continues on this pace that he's on, he'll probably get some votes. Um, I don't think he's going to win it, nor do I really think he should. Um, but Edwin Diaz, certainly he's going to win the Reliever of the Year award. Do they still call that the Roll Age Relief? Like, yeah. God, they need a better name for that. But anyways... He's going to win that award. He's the fifth most valuable Mariner in terms of B-War. Um, he might be number two in F-War, I think it is. So, yeah. I also want to mention something here. Like, looking at Francisco Rodriguez's year when he did break the record, oh, he, was only a, yeah, he was only a one-and-a-half F-War player. So I mean, it, it wasn't even like Diaz is dominant, which yeah. kind of makes me sad that the Mariners won't use him in a role that could actually get him a Cy Young award, but you know, whatever. Uh, yeah, you know, I, I don't, I kind of roll my eyes when people say, Oh, you know, he's, he's a Cy Young candidate or he's a, he's the Mariners MVP. Um, I even saw somebody say, Hey, he might be an MVP candidate. No, he's not a reliever. Can't be MVP. There's just no way, but, uh, you know, it's, it's really hard to argue with results. And if you choose to believe that I'm not going to scoff at you right now because, I mean, he's been incredible. He's he might be the inning per inning. He might be the best pitcher in baseball. So and isn't the uh, four saves and four consecutive games uh, hasn't that only been done by three people, including Diaz? Now, uh, I think that's I think that's right. Um, yeah, I don't have the stat in front of me, but by elite, I believe that's correct. Um, so yeah, Diaz again incredible this weekend, incredible all year long. Uh, probably deserve some Cy Young talk. I wouldn't give it to him, um, but that mainly has to do with how I value starting pitching versus relieving. So, uh, but yeah, inning per inning, he might be the best pitcher in baseball right now. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So before we move off the Houston Astros series, let's talk about the new lineup, um, which hopefully is here to stay for a while. Um, obviously, when Cano returns tomorrow. There'll have to be a tweak here and there, but uh, let's talk about the lineup. The main uh, the main changes: uh, 
D. Gordon moves down to ninth. Mitch Hanniger is your leadoff hitter. Uh, Gene Segura moves to third. Uh, he's sandwiched in there. Uh, Span is sandwiched in there. So uh, let's talk. what do you think about the new lineup? I mean, certainly the results are good, but uh, just your eye test. What does what the new lineup mean to you? Yeah, I think um, I think putting Segura in that three hole uh, helps him a bit too. Um, gives him more opportunities to drive in runs because um, he has been a clutch hitter when it comes to uh, runners on base. Um, keeping Cruz in the four hole, you know, and, and then having Span. Span's been one of your best on base guys. Um, Span and Hanniger both have been your top two on base guys, I believe, unless Segura is above one of them. But um, they've been, you know, Span and Hanniger, especially Span, over even during the drought right now, during the, like the last month or so, has been consistent. Um, so getting those guys at the top of the order that was that was needed. You you had to do that. Um, and baseball, um, uh, you know, it it might not seem like it, uh, especially to you know some of the analytics. But you want your best guys um, at the top, and you want your worst guys at the bottom. That's just how it works. Um, and that, you know, because you want to give your best players the most of bats. And Hanniger is one of your best hitters. And having him lead off, as you saw in the first game, he leads off with a home run. Um, then Span gets on. Then Segura gets on, and they hit for that cycle against Verlander. Um, and that's, you know, <laughs> what else could you want? That those are your four best hitters, and you want them hitting like that, and that's and they showed you that that's what having them all hit consecutively can do. Because for a while, you had Seeger hitting before Span, and you had Healy hitting before Span, and you had all these outs being created before your best hitters. You had them put into two-out, no-one-on-base situations where they can't create. Mm-hmm. You know, and now you have, you know, more ability to get guys on base. You know, you can get Hanniger on with a, you know, leadoff double or walk. And then Span has been, you know, an aggressive hitter. And, you know, I feel comfortable with him being in that two hole. So, yeah, it's it's the way that it's constructed, I think, is beautiful. I think it, it works out um, to the best of their, you know, of what uh, of what they have right now. Yeah, it's uh, you know it's interesting you mentioned Span. Um, Denard Span is a Seattle Mariner, 58 games. He is slashing 307, 349, 487. Jesus. Um, yeah, to put that in perspective, his slugging percentage in Tampa Bay was 385. <laughs> so, yeah. so uh, he, he's added a hundred points of slugging in. Uh, 30 more at-bats than he had in Tampa Bay. So, uh, you know, he's either hot or he's liking hitting in Seattle or maybe there's a small tweak being made or whatever. But uh, also, you know, and the, the reason I like this lineup is, you know, D. Gordon just he could not be your leadoff hitter anymore. You cannot have a 300 on-base guy in the leadoff spot. I don't care yeah. if he's hitting 280. I don't care if he puts pressure on the deep. You know what is more pressure? When the first guy in the game can take a yard when he can hit a double, and then all of a sudden you don't need another hit to score a run. That's why the Astros are so successful with Springer. Yeah, and really a lot of guys, a lot of teams use really powerful hitters in their leadoff spot. Charlie yeah, Blackman Mookie. hits leadoff. Mookie Betts hits leadoff, you know. Yeah. It, it's, 
you have to have some punch there, in particular because, and we saw this before, when you're coming back around that end of the order and all of a sudden Mitch Haniger is getting his fourth at-bat and Denard Spann is getting his fourth at-bat while D. Gordon just had his third, giving those guys extra at-bats or giving them oppor- extra opportunities to score you runs. And in the first two, in the first game, it was literally one through four did all the damage. And mm. I don't hear anybody complaining about, you know, six runs with your one through four guys. Like, if your one through four guys all get you two runs every time they come up, you're going to win a lot of ball games, you know. So, uh, but even then, what I like, aside from the top of the order, moving D all the way down to nine, um, I would actually hit him eight. But whatever, that's that's nitpicking at this point. Aside from all that, what you've done now is you have Kyle Seeger doesn't have to be, you know, a superstar. Mike Zanino can slide wherever you want him to. Ryan Healy is probably hitting seventh. You know, that's, I mean, you got a guy who's hitting 22 home runs in your seventh spot right now. He's not getting on base or whatever. But anyways, I just, the lineup I like so much uh, because it looks like the Mariners are saying we are going to do whatever we have to do to win games. Whereas, yeah. you know, for the last month, it really hasn't looked like that. When you keep D. Gordon in the leadoff spot, when you keep throwing Felix Hernandez out there, it just it's like, yeah, you know, we want to win, but we want to win on our terms. Just win. And, uh, you know, I guess I'll wrap it up on this. Uh, Chase, Jason A. Churchill, prospectinsider.com, he uh, – he posted this tweet about 10 hours ago. Um, in their last 15 games, these are all guys who have moved up in the order. Mind yeah. you. Uh, Mike Zanino is hitting 280 with a 294 on base and a 620 slugging percentage. He is your number six hitter right now. Uh, Mitch Haniger, your new leadoff hitter in his last 15 games, 368, 422, 544. And Denard Span, your number two hitter in his last 15 games, 367, 407. 592. That includes two doubles, three triples, and a home run. So, yeah, the lineup, I am very excited about the lineup. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty exciting. It really is. Um, But, you know, unfortunately, or maybe fortunately, the lineup's going to (laughs) change. It's going to get uh, different when the Mariners add Robinson Cano to their roster tomorrow. Um, He'll be in there. I'm sure probably in the three hole, but uh, what do you think? How, how does adding Robinson Cano in the lineup, how does it change the lineup, really? Um, well, I mean, it thickens it. It makes it a lot better. Um, yeah, I think you, you should put him in the three hole, um, pretty usual. Um, I think Span should go five mm-hmm. um, and Seeger six. Uh, with uh, Hanager and Segura at the top. Um, I think that gives you pretty much uh, the same look that you were having at the top. You know, moving Span down right behind Cruz gives you even more opportunity, gives you more insurance, because, you know, Cruz has those games where he disappears. Mm-hmm. Um, so having Span be kind of that insurance uh, makes you a lot better. Um, and then Seeger, and then Zanino, mixed in with uh, uh, Maven, and uh, yeah, I, I think you know it's it makes you deeper, and it gives it makes you dangerous. 
throughout the entire game. And I think that's really, um, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's exciting. You know, like yeah. just thinking about it, it's just like, that's awesome. You know, that we get this for a playoff stretch and it absolutely sucks that he's ineligible to play, uh, in the playoffs, uh, if we make it that far, but you know, at least you get them for the next month and a half, you know, take them and then, um, you know, and figure it out. You know, that's what we talked about. And then if we're, if we're worried about where he's going to go positionally, I mean, we've talked about this quite a while, you know, he's, he's played some third. So, you know, and, you know, on, on a day that you want to give a Seager a day off, you know, he can go play third. He'll play at first base most of the time, meaning that Ryan Healy, even though that he's gotten hot as of late, is probably going to be on the bench, which that also makes you better because, that, you know, that deepens your bench, which is something that I've wanted for a while. Um, and then, uh, would you know, because they're not going to bench D, even though that they should bench D, they're just not. They're, you know, D. Gordon is not going to get benched. He he will be the second baseman most days. That's the reason why Cano has been playing so much first. Um, why they've had him, you know, training in the DR at first and have had him play what was it three games in Everett at first mm-hmm. uh, in Tacoma. Uh, so yeah, uh, the 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 really cool thing though is. Um, yeah, we got to see, uh, you know, some videos coming through of, uh, Cano just basically beating up on college kids. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't remember, you know, he hit the, he had a grand slam out in Everett and, uh, I think he hit another home run and he hit a double. Uh, he looks good. You know, he still looks like he's Cano and, uh, you know, and that's another thing because I, I was a little bit worried that he might get off to a slow start. I mean, he still might, but at least it looks like he isn't struggling as much because, like, we've seen that a bit where he's struggled in spring training, et cetera, yeah. and, you know, it takes a couple of weeks to get going. That's natural, but um, I think he'll fit in nicely. Uh, you know, you get, like Jerry DePoto said, you know, the Mariners are getting the best hitter at the deadline. Yeah. And even though that we're two weeks or so, you know, removed from the deadline, he is, you know, he boosts your team a lot. He makes you a lot better. And um, the Mariners are going to get a lot better in the biggest series of the year. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, it's interesting. Um, Cano played 39 games before he got hurt and then got suspended. Um, In those 39 games this year, he... uh, he was worth 1.7 wins by base, yeah. by B War. I mean, you're talking about a guy who played in basically 25% of the season and was worth two wins. Like, I, I mean, he was on fire. He was 287, 385, 441 yep. before he got hurt and went on the DL. I would actually hit him second. Um, uh, yeah. Uh, you know, but third, second, whatever, it doesn't really matter. I think the guy who's going to move down as a result of this is probably Span. And as long as he doesn't move behind uh, Kyle Seeger, I think you can pretty much hit him anywhere. One, two, yeah. three, one through five, pretty much. Um, so I think you're right. I think Cano probably hits third. Um, I think you're also probably right that he takes Ryan Healy probably loses the most at bats. But you know, I, I. 
think in September you could see a lot of Robinson Cano with D Gordon kind of coming off the bench and playing some center field. Um, because I think at least Healy hits home runs, you know, um, Gordon's still getting on base at about a 300 clip. So that's, that's yeah. not good at all. And, yeah. uh, Ryan Healy is, well, he's not getting on base at a 300 clip, but 271. And then you look at the 271. So you're looking at 30 point difference in on base percentage, which is significant, but you're mm-hmm. also looking at about 150 <laughs> difference on slugging. Um, so for me, I'd rather have Ryan Healy's power than D Gordon's speed early in games, uh, mainly uh-huh. because I, I'm worried about scoring runs right now more than I am about preventing runs. So, um, but yeah, I, I think you pretty much nailed it. Um, he'll probably hit third. He'll probably play mostly first base. And he might get a day or two at third and second, you know, when, when yeah. needed. So I, I think you're right there. Um, yeah. Hopefully that's the last we talk about where Cano is going to play. Um, because that's been a pretty common topic for us. So yeah. um, right now we are going to take a quick break, and then we'll come back and talk a little more Mariners baseball. Gordon goes. Hit swing on down the line. Fair ball. Here comes D. Slowed up. He's back to full speed. Coming around to third. He's going to score. Mariners have the lead. Four threes. Mitch Hanniger checks in. Rings that bell. The Mariners on top here in the 10th. All right, we are back, and, uh, well, you know, let's go ahead and let's talk a little bit about this Oakland A's series. Um, we have the pitching matchups set in stone. Um, it's a pretty big series. Like, the Mariners enter this series one and a half games back of Oakland. Um, you know, it's the first time we've seen Oakland in a long time, so they're playing great. The Mariners are coming off a four-game sweep of the Houston Astros, so Ty I'm sure you're excited for this series, but what are your expectations for it? Um, I've learned after the last couple of podcasts not to be too hyped because, <laughs> you know, I, I, I've, I've been Mr. Positive over the last couple of podcasts, and then they've just disappointed me to no end. Uh, so I'm just going to, you know, I'm just going to say uh, I hope they win. <laughs> You know, I hope they win a couple. Um, I think I think they could at least take two or three. Um, I I don't think a sweep is out of the question. I also don't think that them getting sweeped is out of the question because it's possible that maybe the Astros series was just a fluke. Who knows? Baseball is weird. And um, but I, I I like the Mariners' chances. They go in with Paxton, Leak, and Gonzalez pitching. That you know. If you're going into the biggest series of the season, you might as well have those guys pitch for you. Um, yeah, so, you know, things are looking up for them. The roster, cha- you know, the lineup change has, has uh, made them, you know, more potent offensively, thank God, because um, I was just, I was, I was so tired of watching that offense. And, um, yeah, uh, and, you know, like we talked about, they get Cano back, uh, you know, in the second game. So that gives them a big boost. You know, it's not, it's it's going to be pretty tough for them as well because uh, I think they pull Manaya. Is is Manaya pitching tonight? I believe he is. It's uh, yeah, yeah. It's Marco versus Manaya tonight, which is a really good matchup. Just by the way. Yeah. So they they get Manaya. They get um, Brett Anderson, who's been decentish. 
over his last couple of starts. Uh, who else did they get? Fires? Yep, Fires. Yeah. Who, and uh, Fires. By the way, though, just real quick, uh, the Mariners have a lot of players that torch Mike Fires, so yeah, um, it's a good matchup. Including Robinson Cano. Yes, he, he takes Mike Fires out to lunch every day. So, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a good matchup, I would say. Yeah, so we'll see how it goes. Um, you know, the, the, the A's... They're pretty much unchanged offensively. They got that guy, uh, Loriano, the one that has the insane throw. Yeah, watch out. Uh, yeah, so that's, you know, something to, to look out for. I think they also have Martini. Is that the other outfielder that they've added since the last time we saw them? The left fielder? Um, yeah, I think so. Uh, the biggest yeah. change is the bullpen, right? I mean, that's. Yeah, so they got, they got Rodney, which yep. should be fun. We'll probably see him. Yep. Uh, Familia at the deadline. Or a little bit yeah, and fam- I was I I caught a little bit of the the A's uh, Angels game yesterday, and they were the Angels were roughing Familia up a little bit, um, and I I've actually seen him get roughed up a couple times yeah uh, so far. So I you know I don't I don't think that's a huge swing for them. Um, Rodney, as, as Mariner fans, we know that Rodney is not a huge swing for any ball club. Um, yeah. I think he's a little bit underrated, but yeah, I mean, he certainly has the potential to lose games. So. Yeah, I, 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 I don't. I, I, honestly, if the Mariners are down by one in the seventh or eighth inning, wherever they use him now, I and Fernando Rodney comes in, I feel pretty good about the yeah, Mariners' chances. Yeah. Honestly, yeah. So, um, yeah, it'll. Uh, you know, I, I, I don't know what'll happen. Uh, you know, the A's could just blow up for 10 runs on the Mariners somehow. Or, you know, we could, you know, they're, they're now, <laughs> sorry, I'm tripping over my words. Uh, but the A's offense has actually not been that great since they're, uh, since they got swept in Colorado, which is kind of weird because that's when our offense kind of got a little funky after our Colorado series. Uh, so, you know. Maybe they're they're due for a little drought like we we had to endure. Who knows? We'll just there there's no way to predict this series. It's weird. The the A's are a weird team. The Mariners are a very weird team. They're very streaky, both of them. Because um, remember, just just when when the <laughs> you know the Mariners were eleven games ahead of this, pretty much the same team. Yeah. Um, and suddenly they got hot. Chris Davis is suddenly like hitting for average, <laughs> you know, like my fantasy uh, team appreciates that, but the Mariners yeah. fan in me hates it. So. Yeah. So yeah, it's weird. Um, but Colby, what do you, what do you think? Yeah. yeah I always thought these two teams were kind of similar. Um, they both kind of have guys who can really do damage in the lineup. Um, they both have good bullpens. I still think, uh, to me, the dip, the separator has always been the starting rotation and me personally, I just I don't see how Oakland's holds up. Now it's still it's been doing it over the last you know six weeks, um, but I just I mean the Mariners have a better rotation on paper than the Oakland A's. That's not good, like because the Mariners don't have a great rotation. So, yeah. You know it's just one of those things. I don't know. I, I think the two teams are pretty evenly matched. Um, I think Seattle has the edge in all three pitching. Uh, pitching matchups, but it's, it, I mean, it's not a huge edge. I don't want to say you look at the numbers, it's pretty similar. Um, yeah. I, I think, you know, not having Diaz tonight, that, that could hurt. Um, 
but you should have Colome, who's been nails as well. So I, it's tough to know. Um, it's really tough to like predict who's going to do what in this series. But I will say the Mariners are six and three against Oakland this year. Like you said, it's largely the same team. They're just playing better. Yeah. Uh, and still, you know, halfway through the season, the A's were three games under 500, and that was an 80 game sample. Now the last yeah. 40 games, they've been 700 baseball team, like 700 <laughs> percentage. Which yeah. one's most likely to happen? I think it's probably, you know, the first half A's. And what's funny is if you dig through our Twitter feed, you'll probably see sometime in January, I tweeted that the A's might have a better roster than the Mariners back in January. And as it turns out, they're very similar. Um, But at the end of the day, I I know the series is getting a lot of hype around town. But after this, you still play them seven more times. And honestly, unless one of these teams sweeps, this isn't going to be a dramatic change. Because if if there's no sweep, then the most that's going to happen is the Mariners are either going to leave that series up by, or if the, there's no sweep, the Mariners will either leave that series down by half a game or down by two and a half. Like, there's a one-game swing unless you sweep. So basically, as long as the Mariners don't get swept, I mean, there's really not a lot to gain or lose from this series. Yeah. So... I, I think it would be good. Obviously, you know, I never predict a sweep. I'm just never going to do that. Baseball is too funny. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, I, but I could see both teams sweeping the other one. You know, it's really, it's really yeah. difficult to prognosticate here. Um, at the end of the day, I like the Mariners pitching matchups better than o- what Oakland's throwing out there. So I guess I'll give Seattle two games to one, but at the end of the day, anything can happen. And honestly, as long as it's not a sweep one way or the other, nothing's really going to change. So, I mean, I, I get that it's important. I'm excited for tonight's game. I'm going to watch. Heck, yeah, I'm really excited for the series. But at the end of the day, not a lot's pro- probably not a lot's going to change. And that's, you know, that's that seems weird, but it's the truth. So uh, yeah. we'll, we'll have to see. Like I said, it's interesting. You get you get Cano back, and then you won't have – but you won't have Diaz tonight, I'm assuming. Um so who the hell knows? It's 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 baseball. It's going to be fun, and I'm just I'm looking forward to watching uh, two good baseball teams play each other tonight. Yeah, for sure. All right, so now let's uh, let's go ahead and let's talk about something that honestly is a little surprising. The Mariners have been relatively quiet in, and that is of course the August waiver trade period. Um, for those of you guys who don't know, you can still make trades in August. Um, it's a little more difficult than doing it in July or any other month. Um, basically, the idea is, is that a player has to be put on waivers. Uh, the player, if he passes through waivers, as in no team claims him, he can be traded to any team at any time. Um, if a team does claim him, uh, then the player, then the team, two teams have 48 hours to work out a trade. If they can't then the uh, the player just remains on his original team for the rest of the year. Um, you can't put a player on waivers twice. You know, you, it's a one-shot thing. Um, if you do claim a player, the uh, the team that owns the player that you've claimed can literally just dump the salary on you. So you have to be careful when you have big-time players being put on waivers because you could, automat- you could just randomly wind up with a $25 million contract. So uh, that's why that's why it's a little more difficult than August trades. Um, I'll leave a link to my article about the a little more in depth about August trades in the description below. But uh, Ty, you know, 
I think you and I both expected the Mariners to be pretty active in this period. And so far they haven't. Uh, it's still early, but, you know, so far it's been yeah. relatively quiet. So let's talk about a few guys that you might think might be a good uh, target for August trades. Well, firstly, I, I think the reason why they've been so quiet is because they're, you know, trying to figure out what they do have right now. Mm-hmm. Um, seeing who comes out of their slump. Because, you know, pretty much everyone's slumped at, all at once. Yeah. So seeing who comes out of it and who lingers. Um I think is playing a big part. You know, I think uh, Erasmo's uh, pitching performance did change some things because, you know, at this time, since there isn't a lot of time, you kind of, one game matters in making decisions about, you know, if you need to look at the trade market or not. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think Erasmo did, uh, you know, pitching well in those five innings did change things maybe a little bit. We'll see. Um, but yeah, if, uh, you know, I, I still don't feel comfortable with the Rasmo Ramirez, so I would hope that they at least look at some starting pitching targets. That would be Jordan Zimmerman of the Tigers, also Francisco Liriano of the Tigers, um, uh, Sonny Gray potentially with the Yankees. He's been demoted to the bullpen. It seems like their fan base is pretty fed up with him. Um, Colby and I were talking off the air about, you know, if you know he would even make it to the Mariners uh, in the in the waiver wire, probably not. Um, but you know, uh, let's see here. Um, Irvin Santana is another name. Uh, he's been struggling since he came off of the DL, but you know he, he's also made some pretty interesting comments about his uh, his organization. Um, but uh, so he he looks to be out. <laughs> very soon. Um, James Shields is another one. Uh, and then, personally, though, I think that it'll be another reliever, uh, especially with the uh, Tui Valala news. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there will be another reliever, at least one, that comes in. Um, and then I do think that they should get a bat. Uh, I, I, I'm pretty sure that the corresponding move when Cano comes back will be Romine getting DFA'd. Mm-hmm. But you never know. You know, this is the same team that sent down Ben Gamble and also sent down Guillermo Heredia at the beginning of the season when Heredia was hot. Um, I don't know. Uh, you know, so it could it could be Healy that gets sent down somehow, even though that he's hot, and that would right. be a huge mistake. Who knows? Um, so, but yeah, if, if, if Romine does get DFA'd, he probably clears waivers and probably makes his way back to, to AAA. If not, yeah, yeah, if not, you're going to have to get a utility player because of, if not, who cares? Yeah. But I I mean, like if not, if not, you're going to have to get a utility player for the playoffs potentially if you make it there. So, yeah. I don't know. I, I mean, I feel like D Gordon can fake shortstop for a while. Um, you know, Cano is going to be able to play all three other infield spots. Um, yeah, when you get to the playoffs, probably. But you know, if Segura's not hurt, then you're rolling with the infield you've been rolling with for the last month. You know. Yeah. So, like a guy like Solarte would be nice. Um, I'm sure that's who you're thinking of there. Not really, because he's been terrible over the last month. And he's actually on the DL right now, but... 
Oh, uh, okay. There you go. But if you can find the utility, like Freddie Galvis is a guy that, you know, right. he, he's, uh, I mean, he's useful. He's not somebody you're excited about, but, you know, he's... He's better than Andrew Robert. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, to be fair, yeah. that's not that hard, but... Yeah, yeah. yeah. If a guy, I, I think I heard that Freddie Galvis had cleared waivers, um, which is a little bit surprising, but also, I mean, not really. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, Galvis is better than Romine, uh, so that makes sense. Uh, I don't know. For me, it, it's really about starting pitching on the waiver wire. Um, but, you know, as you mentioned, there aren't exactly a ton of options available. Yeah. Um, I mean, has Daniel Murphy been waived? Because that seems like a prime candidate. Uh, I don't know. You know, part of the issue we have with August is that a lot of the times you never find out who was actually waived and who was claimed and all that stuff. So uh, I don't know. I haven't seen anything that he's been put out there. But, yeah, that's the guy who uh, probably should be on the waiver wire. And I Yeah, because he's, he's, he's still owed about $7 million, $6 million this year and is in the last year of his contract. The Nationals are bad, you know. Try and get he's a good. He's a solid player, you know. Play a little first base, some second base. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he'll probably clear waivers too. I don't think a lot of teams can absorb six million dollars, um, you know, in payroll for the rest. The of Mariners the year. can. Yeah, there there are a few teams, and uh, the Mariners are probably one of them. Um, I don't know, you know, I'm. Uh, I wrote about James Shields a little bit, and uh, that sounds gross, but Shields has actually been pretty decent this year. Yeah. Um, whether he's an upgrade over Erasmo Ramirez, I don't know. Um, I think probably is, but I can't say for sure. So, I, you know, whatever. Urban Santana is a guy that I really like. Uh, clearly, I just wrote a long article about him. Um, you know, he's got you know, a pretty high floor being like a Mike Leak type and uh, actually a decent ceiling to be a number two type. The guy finished uh, sixth in Cy Young voting last year, I believe. Um, you know, he throws strikes, he's got a really good slider, he's obviously very mad at the Minnesota Twins, he's controllable past this year, he has a pretty good team option, $14 million a year uh, for one season, that's not bad, um, not for him, so I guess the question is, you know, is he healthy enough to help you down the stretch, the velocity's down quite a bit, but he's also only four starts into this year. So I don't, you know, that, that's where your advanced scouts really earn their money, right there, is uh, trying to figure out if Santana, you know, can get back to health this year. So now the Twins have a couple of other pitchers that could get waived, uh, Oda Rizzi and yep. uh, Kyle Gibson. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm pretty sure Gibson's having a decent year, right? Yeah, Gibson's having a very nice year. I'm a fan of Jake Oda Rizzi. Uh, he yeah. was one of the targets I wanted this year uh, in the off season. I think he's featured pretty prominently in our off season plan that we did, um, that we released last November, almost mm-hmm. a year ago. And yeah, you know, yeah. Gibson is uh, he's at a 3.1 B WAR, 3.49 ERA, uh, 1.25 WHIP. Like yeah, he's a, he's a nice pitcher. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the nice thing is is that because he's in the American League, the Mariners. You know they'll be. I don't want to. They're not high. They're towards the bottom of the waiver pool, but he doesn't have to pass through the National League at all. So if Gibson hits waivers, and pretty much every other team in the league has said we're out of the playoffs, and there's a decent chance he can get to them. 
And yeah. uh, if there is, they should put a claim on him because the worst case scenario is the Twins pull him back and you don't get him, which you don't have him anyway. So, yeah, if Gibson goes yeah. on waivers, the Mariners absolutely should put a claim on him. Um, but, you know, I, I kind of think the Mariners should really put a claim on pretty much any starting pitcher that passes through that goes to the waivers, um, at least anyone who might be okay. That's why I was disappointed yeah. they didn't put a claim in on Fires. I, I don't think Fires right. is great, but just for the sheer fact of blocking him from going to Oakland, that seemed like a missed opportunity. But Yeah, I mean, so wait, so Fires was for sure claimed by Oakland. He, he didn't clear waivers, and then they made a deal. I can't imagine he did. Yeah. Um, I, don't, I don't know for sure, but I don't think he uh, – I don't think he would have passed through the entire National League as well. So now, did did the A's get money along with him? Because I think that was the problem that hung up the trade for him at yeah. the deadline, right? I think they got a little bit of money. So yeah, you know, Fires is probably going to get non-tendered this year. Right. Um. I, we'll see. I mean, I don't know. Oakland's pretty cheap, but uh, we'll see what happens there. But yeah, I mean, there's a lot of guys out there that can help you. A lot of them will be put on waivers. I would like to see the Mariners be very aggressive in starting pitching. Um, the bullpen, sure, uh, but I still think you're going to have guys like Ryan Cook come back who can help you. Um, maybe Dan Altavilla. We'll see. But, yeah, yeah. You, you know, the, the Mariners just need help still. And so any August trade is probably going to help them. So. Well, yeah, and you know, and you got to think about like some of these. You know, going back to the relievers, you, thinking about like some of those uh, seemingly obvious trade targets that didn't get traded at the deadline. Kirby Yates, yep. um, you know, some of the the, the Marlins relievers, you know, like Steckenrider and Bearclaw. Um, you know, th- those guys might be available. Um, if they are, definitely, you know, you know, take your chances on one of them. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's uh, there. There will be options, and and you know, I, I even though that we don't um, necessarily you know know who gets waived and who doesn't, the one thing that we have seen is that more more and more players get waived closer okay. and closer to the deadline. So things will you know more opportunities will arise for the Mariners, and I I don't think that they will. Uh, go into September without making some acquisition. I don't know where, really, but I, I, I just can't see them sticking with this team specifically. Uh, especially, uh, is their 40-man roster filled right now? I believe it is. Um, okay. So, yeah, there's... But, but they have some... Uh, or no, 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 no. It should, there should be one spot open with Tui Valala out now. Uh, they have not put him on the 60-day DL yet, but of course they could, and that would open yeah. up the spot. So yeah, so um, so basically they have a spot open. There still are a couple of expendable um, pieces. Yeah. Um, so Zach Finch, J, Max Posey, David Freitas, Daniel Vogelbach. Yeah. <clears throat> <laughs> oh God. <laughs> Oh god, I really hope Colton's not listening to this. <laughs> yeah, Casey Lawrence, you know, Christian Bragman. There there there's room on the forty man if yeah. you need it. So Yeah. Yeah. So um Yeah, they're 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 going to make a, a move at some point. 
you know, they might make a couple moves. Again, an opportunity, you know, quite a few opportunities will, will come their way. Um, you know, it's also possible that they just didn't see a whole lot Mike fires if, you know, Oakland did, in fact, mm -hmm. just claim him. Um, you know, maybe, you know, who cares? <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, I don't know. It's, it's such a weird time uh, with how little information the public gets on it. But, um, yeah. you know, it's exciting because it can just happen out of nowhere. You know, yeah. suddenly, suddenly the team, you know, the team's PR account will suddenly tweet, hey, we got this guy. And it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, you know, I don't think anybody really expected, uh, you know, Mike Leake's name to pop up as a trade on August 30th of last year. Um, yeah. And yet, you know, that, that turned out to be a pretty big deal uh, that uh, that was made by DePoto. And, uh, yeah, you know, I think I would still be shocked if the uh, if the Mariners go through August and don't make a deal. Um, whether or not it's significant in terms of, like, name, I don't know. Probably not, but, you know, you never know. Um, last year at this time they had already acquired Yonder Alonso. Um, and then, you know, three weeks later they acquired Mike Leake. I still kind of think there's going to be two moves made, but I would be shocked if there wasn't at least one. But, yeah. uh, you know, we just – it doesn't really do us any good to wildly speculate because we actually have less information now than we do when we wildly speculate in June and July. So, yeah. um, you know, if you're still holding out hope for a starting pitcher, there will be some available. Um, I would I would be very happy with, like, Sonny Gray, um, who I know the Yankees apparently hate. Um but yeah, you know, Sonny Gray away from Yankee Stadium, still really good. Uh, opponents slashing 230, 299, 322 away from Yankee Stadium against him. He's got a 3.76 strikeout to walk ratio, 343 ERA, a 116 whip. Like things just aren't working for him in Yankee Stadium. You know what yeah. is kind of the opposite of Yankee Stadium? Safeco Field. So. I would happily take a flyer on uh, Sonny Gray, who still has a year of control after this year, by the way. So, yeah, Sonny Gray would be, like, my dream. Um, but you mentioned, guys like, Jordan Zimmerman, Irvin Santana, James Shields, uh, Freddie Galvin. These are all guys who could s still help you. Um, they won't be exciting, but not a lot of exciting players get moved in August anyway, so. Yeah. Yeah, like, Justin Verlander, like the Justin Verlander deal last year was kind of unheard of. Yeah, last yeah. year was kind of weird because you also had uh, Justin Upton was moved in August, I believe. Yeah. So, yeah. like, two big names. That doesn't normally happen. Um, so, But that doesn't mean that just because they're not big names, they're bad. They can help yeah. you. And the Mariners have certainly have holes to fill still. So I, I think we're going to be talking about an August trade here relatively soon. Um, I don't know if it's going to be that big of a deal, but we'll see. Um I, I I wouldn't just assume that they're done. All right. So um, before we wrap this up, we had a request to talk about a July 31st trade, uh, a player that was traded on July 31st to the Mariners. Uh, we have a request to talk about our thoughts on Cameron Maben. So, uh, Ty, I guess I'll start with you. What have your thoughts been on Cameron Maben in the 10 games he's been a Seattle Mariner? Um, 
I mean, he's you know he's fine. Um, he's he's better than Guillermo Heredia, I believe. Yeah. Um, so you know that's he upgraded. Uh, you know he's hit in um, nine of his first ten games with the Mariners. You know, he's gotten at least one hit. Uh, has a multi-hit game in there. Um, so that's cool. Yeah, he hasn't been too impressive, but he, you know, he, he makes the lineup better. Um, and I think that's, you know, for, for as little prospect capital the Mariners have, um, you know, they can't acquire a, a, a superstar. So, you know, you get guys like Cameron Maven, and he helps. And he helped the Astros win a championship last year, you know, in a very little capacity, but he helped. You know, he made their, their roster deeper. And he, he does exactly that for you this year. Um, you know, that's just the, the kind of guy, you know, he's, he's kind of the guy that you add in August. Um, but you just, you know, you got him in, in July and he, you know, he, he gives you more depth. He gives you more options in the outfield. He's an upgrade over what you had in center field. It wasn't a bad deal. Giving up Bryson Brigman, it you know it's a it might be a little bit of an overpay, but also like we covered on the last podcast, Bryson Brigman is just having a really good year at the plate, but he's probably not going to be um, a fantastic prospect ever or a fantastic play, player ever. That's just not going to happen. So he was probably you know worth what you got, um, you know, and maybe he's he looks like he could be a very exciting player for this for this team going down a stretch. He looks like he's, he's very willing to be engulfed in the culture of everything, you know, similar to how Denard Span uh, has, uh, has, you know, mm-hmm. come about for this team. Um, you know, Span's become, you know, one of the best, uh, you know, players on the Mariners team while also being one of the, you know, best clubhouse guys as well. He's involved. And, you know, and Cameron Maven, from what we've heard from him, you know, in, in his uh, his um, interview when he when he first arrived, you know, he he looks like you know he he seems like someone that will get involved and be a part of this team, you know, because a lot of the time you see these guys get traded and coming into the you know into teams and they just kind of stay to themselves mm-hmm. and they don't really you know they don't really become a part it makes things weird it it messes up the culture it messes up the chemistry right yeah um yeah Cameron Maben just looks you know seems like a guy that will just slide in perfectly and he seems like he's done that already and uh, I think that's great you know you want guys that want to have fun uh and this team has a lot of fun you know you think about some of the personalities like Wade LeBlanc and D Gordon um yeah, you want guys like that for this team to, to, to mix in there. And, you know, Cam Abin, he also performs on the field. He's He's been a pretty decent player so far. And he was, you know, hitting extraordinarily well right before he got traded. So, you know, you have, you have some potential there for a really, really good player going down the stretch. Yeah, I mean, I just, I don't know, like, if people are disappointed by Cameron Mabin. I can't imagine they are. I think if they are, part of it is a little bit of sticker shock. Like the Mariners gave up their number. I don't know what it was for this guy. And they think, wow, that's a really high prospect to give up. And it's the Mariners pretty much, if you're giving up like the Mariners number 10 prospect is worth a lot of teams, number 28 prospect, you know? So there's some sticker shock there. I'm sure 
But as for Maben, you know, he made a he robbed a home run in Felix's last start. That was a really good play. Yeah. Um, you know, he's got ten hits in ten games. He's stolen a base. He's got a couple walks. I mean, he basically seen what Cameron Maben is. He's going to hit for a mediocre average. He'll get on base about the average amount, and then he doesn't have a lot of power. So I mean, I don't know. Like if if it, there's disappointment in Maven, I don't really know where it's from. He's been what he's always been, and that's a useful player. Um, it'd be more useful if you could uh, pseudo platoon him with uh, Ben Gamble, who can hit. But uh, you know, for what he is and what you gave up, he's basically what I expected. I don't, you know, and I do actually like having him at the bottom of the lineup because I feel like you know, there's a chance that he can do something. And yeah. I, I just don't feel that way with Heredia right now. Um, I know Heredia had that really good catch, uh, was it two nights ago? Uh, yeah. Basically saved the game. And does Maven make that catch? He might. Uh, I don't know for sure that he does, but I don't know that he doesn't. I don't think the difference between Cameron Maven and Guillermo Heredia defensively is significant. I do think the offense will be, so I, it's an upgrade. I mean, they got better. I don't really know, like, I just, I don't know what people were expecting, but this is about what I was expecting. Um, I think it's literally just, like, if, if I, you know, and, and maybe the the, um, the guy that asked this question, hold on, let me find his name, Patrick Dutton, you know, if he, if he, if he asked that question uh, because he's, upset with Maven, you know, maybe he can clarify this with us on Twitter. Um, maybe it's because of the double plays yesterday, <laughs> which is dumb, but you know, it happens. maybe, yeah, yeah, it happens. Um, so yeah, I think Cameron Maven is fine. Uh, he, you know, he's your nine hole or eight hole hitter. Who cares? He's he's a decent enough player to play every day, and he gives you a lot more than Guillermo Heredia gives you. But and that you know you uh, they upgraded. I know it's not this huge name. I know it's not Starling Marte or someone like that. But dude, like you can't get someone like that. You know, as, like in the Mariners' position, you get guys like this. And Cameron Mamman is a fine player. I was not excited by it. You know, when when the the rumor came out the day before the deadline that the Mariners were looking at Maven, I, I said no, <laughs> you know, yeah. but like, uh, you know, but that was also because I really wanted Leonis Martin. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Martin you know, so coming that, off the market, Maven's a fine replace. Like, he's whatever. Yeah. Maven, he's probably a jag. He's just another guy. But, you know, that's still more than what Guillermo already is. So, I mean... To me, like I said, you get what you pay for, and unfortunately this is what the Mariners can't afford um, in season, at least. Uh, if you if you really wanted them to go get Starling Marte or whatever, you're going to have to wait until free agency. I mean, that's yeah. if you want the Mariners to add stars or at least you know name recognition guys, you're going to have to wait until free agency because the Mariners can't afford to get them in any other way but to pay them money. So Yeah. Um, you know, I just, I don't know. I, I don't want to paint the picture like he's upset with him because he did just ask what we thought. Um, but overall, I think he's been pretty much what I expected. And I think down the stretch, he'll help. Um, you know, like I said, I, I'd like to see some Ben Gamble. I'd like to see a little bit of D Gordon in center field and the right matchups. 
But, uh, yeah, overall, I think he's a useful player. And, uh, you know, so far, you know, minus a little bit of power, um, which he's never really had. But, you yeah. know, it'd be nice to see him hit a double every once in a while. But other than that, he's basically been what I expected. So, Yeah. And uh, just to, to put this in here, Leonis Martin had uh, home runs in back-to-back days in his uh, second and third games with the Indians. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So uh, he's, uh, you know, he's slashing 333, 353, 733 in his uh, first uh, six games. The Indians, who cares? Um, they're they're not, you know, really using him in a starting role either, though. Uh, he's more just coming off of the bench for them. Um, he, uh, but, yeah. Didn't he hit the DL? Did he? I, I think they said it was something oh, yeah. kind yeah, of serious. Like, illness. Like, yeah, so, yeah. Uh, you know... Best wishes to Leonis, one of my favorite players of all time. I hope that's yeah. nothing too serious, but, uh, oh, man, life can be a real bitch sometimes. So, yeah, yeah, you know, I guess we'll just wrap this thing up. Uh, that's really all I had on my docket today. Ty, you have anything you want to add before we say goodbye? Um, you know, just go damn Elms. You know, hopefully they, they can... Um keep this going, you know, it would, it would be nice, because I, I hate this narrative right now, you know, we made this joke now on back-to-back podcasts, where we started with, you know, talking about the Seahawks, but it sucks, you know, seeing that, you know, when the when the Mariners were struggling, and they still might be struggling, who knows, but when the Mariners were struggling, and, you know, the Seahawks had their first preseason game last year, you know, or last week, everyone was like, oh, well, they got us to Seahawks season. I don't like that. You know, the, this, the Mariners, this is a baseball town, really, and don't let, you know, don't let any of this, like, affect you. The, 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 the Mariners are a good team. The Mariners will be in the thick of it, and, um, yeah, don't, don't think that they just got you to Seahawks season. You know, and again, Joe Vieira said this great uh, a few days ago. On Twitter, he said, "You can be a fan of both. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's so simple. Like the the, you can appreciate the Seahawks and keep up with them and keep up with all the little you know stupid things that Seven Ten speculates over about who's going to be the long snapper this year, <laughs> <coughs> while also loving the Mariners. Yeah. Both teams, both teams are in really exciting positions right now, mm-hmm. where." You know, I think the Seahawks are going to have a very exciting season where, you know, we don't really know what they're going to be. And the Mariners, we don't really know what they're going to be either because they've been so up and down this year. And I think they're, while that is a bit frustrating, there's also a lot of excitement in that. And, um, you know, if this series with the A's goes well, if they do sweep them, you know, they're in a playoff position with, what, five, six weeks to go? Yeah. So, you know, <laughs> the, things could, you know, you know, we, we, we became complacent because it looked like the Mariners had no competition, right? And then the A's just went on a huge tear, and unfortunately the Mariners were on such a, you know, Terrible. slippery slope. Yeah. yeah, at the same time. And, you know, the A's Bad caught time, them. Man. Yep. Yeah, the A's caught them, but... You know, the thing is, like, the A's, we've said this consistently, 
the A's will regress at some mm-hmm. point, whether it's a, whether it's against the Mariners or just in general. Like the A's have already shown some signs of regression over the last couple of weeks. It's just it's going to happen. They're they're a good team, yep. but the Mariners are also a good team, mm-hmm. and and that and that shouldn't be lost here. Just because they had the slump and they made all your wildest fears come true and the run differential thing and blah 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 blah. The Mariners are still a really good team. You've seen that. You've seen that with the lineup change. They're getting Robinson Cano, uh, a you know potentially a future Hall of Famer coming back, you know, to help them get to the playoffs. Felix is no longer in the rotation. This is a good team, and they're going to be right there. You know, I don't know if they'll make it, but it'll be fun. It'll be fun. It'll be like 2014 and 2016, and hopefully. You know, unlike those teams, they'll you know they'll actually finish the job this time because they're in the best position that they've that they've been in. Mm-hmm. You know, out of all three, out of all three of those years, they've had to leapfrog a bunch of teams. You know, in those first two years, you know, it's like five or six teams for the wild card. They just have to get past the A's. There's no one coming behind. The Rays aren't good. The Angels aren't good. They're not going to catch the Mariners or the A's. It's just the A's in their way. And they can control their own destiny. They still have 10 games, including this series, against the A's. They can, they control their own destiny. There's still a lot of baseball to be played. Don't give up. Don't just go over to the Seahawks and think that you, you can't root for the Mariners. The Mariners yeah. are, are going to be there, you know, and, and you can still enjoy the Seahawks season. I'm going to, you know, and, and you guys should too. I just, that's one of those things I've never really quite understood. Like, there seems to be some animosity between people. I'm just a Mariners fan, you know. I'm just a Seahawks fan. I'm, I've never quite understood that. It's like, you know, we can do both. We we have the capacity to, like, it's like, I don't know, do you have do you have more than one kid or more than one family member? Do you not love them both? Like, can you only physically love one thing at a time? No, that's, that's not, that's stupid, so... I'm right there with you. I'm very excited for the Seahawks season. On Thursday night, I was doing the flipping back and forth thing. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I had Twitter up. I was following the Mariners game when the Seahawks were on TV. And then once that started, I would flip over and tell the Mariners game was on commercial and all that stuff. Like, I, I'm in on both of these teams. I can I can do both. I'm not, you know, I don't. it just feels honestly to me, like if you don't like the Seahawks because you just don't like football or whatever, that's fine. If you don't like the Mariners because you don't like baseball – that's fine. I get that. But if you're like actively hating against the Mariners and you claim to be a baseball fan, shut up. Like you're not a baseball. Just shut up. You know, it's one of those things. I don't get it. You can do both. I can root for, I can root for the Seahawks and the Mariners. I can be excited about the NHL and still want the NBA. I can want, I can want the sports teams and still, you know, I can, I can want to the sports teams at Key Arena and still think that, the uh, the Soto plan is better for the city. I can do all those things. Why? Because I have a brain. You know, it's not that hard to root for both teams. And if you're listening to this podcast and you made it this far along, you're probably a huge Mariners fan, which is great. And yeah. you know, and so am I, and so is Ty. We're all fans of sports, and whether or not you like a particular sport, that's fine. But to sit yeah. here and not not root on the Mariners because they've broken your heart in the past or whatever it is, 
that's stupid. I'm sorry, it's stupid. And I, I get mm-hmm. I get making you like earn your trust back. I get that. I understand that completely. And if you want to be on the fence and say, you know, I'll believe it when I see it, that's fine. But don't try and prevent other people from enjoying the season. And don't be the guy who's sitting there. I told you they'd blow it. I told you. I... Don't be that guy. Yeah. Just watch, enjoy, wait till after the season. And if you want to be that guy, go ahead and be that guy. I'll be blocking you on Twitter, but you can be that guy. <laughs> so yeah. I think the best example here is, for me personally, you know, there have been times with the Mariners, of course, where I have been just insanely pissed off at them. Yeah. That's happened this year with Almost the on a weekly basis. Yeah, and, you know, there have been times where I'm like, thank God for the Seahawks, right? You know, mm-hmm. but it's like, <laughs> you know, when when the Seahawks won both the, the NFC championships, you know, the back-to-back NFC championships and won the Super Bowl, Nolan was crying harder than I was. Mm-hmm. You know, but also when the Mariners finally make the playoffs, I'm gonna ball my eyes out. <laughs> like, I just, I just know that's going to happen. Like my, I'm so attached to Seattle sports in general. It's not just one team or the other. You know, I when when the uh, Sonics left, and I'm showing how young I am here. But <laughs> I was, I was, God, twelve. Yeah, I was twelve years old when the Sonics left. Um. I, you know, I didn't understand the whole process of it. I went up to my room and cried, you know, because I wasn't—I knew that I wasn't going to see the Sonics again mm-hmm. for a long time. And you know, I'm—you know—ten years later, still haven't seen the Sonics. Yep. Um. And um, yeah, you know, and I'm going to be so elated when Seattle gets, you know, the Sonics back. Um. It's going to be incredible, even if, you know, in that, you know, the NBA is another story with how the Warriors are. And, you know, the Sonics will probably be really bad uh, at first. But I don't care. I want yeah. the Sonics back. And when the, you know, if the NHL comes back, you know, right now, you know, my, my wife uh, lives, in, lives in Toronto. I'm here in Toronto right now visiting her. We're doing the whole permanent residence thing. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm learning the NHL and I'm learning hockey because I want to be a Seattle hockey fan at some point, you know, and I'm not a Sounders fan, but, you know, too much, but like, I, I want them to win, you know, if I ever watch them, you know, I'm just so rooted in Seattle sports. And that's the thing. That's the thing that I see on Twitter that people don't really understand between the Mariners and the Seahawks or the Mariners and Sounders, et cetera, et cetera. You can be a fan of whoever you want to be, of all the sports or none of the sports. It's okay. You don't have to actively root against one because of the success of another. You don't have to make these stupid comparisons between the Seahawks and the Mariners about, like, you know, I've seen comparisons between Felix and Russell Wilson and stuff like that. It's stupid. Those are two different, entirely different things. It, just stop. It's it's okay to just root for both, to be disappointed by both. One doesn't have to be better than the other, even though that the Seahawks have been significantly better than the Mariners over the last, whatever, 15 years or so. The, you know, still, the, the Mariners are, you know, the home team. If you are a fan of Seattle sports, you need to be rooting for the, for the Mariners, you know, for the best interests of the Mariners. That's it. Yeah. Just, uh... You know, just have fun, guys. It's, yeah. 
it's a tough world. It's chaos. Be kind. Um, you know, yeah. just help each other out, pick each other up when you're sad, and understand that I root for sports teams differently than you do, and that's okay. So I'm right there with you, man. Hopefully the city gets behind this Mariners team because you know what? They've earned it. They deserve yeah. to have a. Uh, they deserve to have a group behind them, and uh, you know if anybody, if any group has reignited baseball in Seattle, it's this one. So uh, show them some respect. Uh, show Mariner fans some respect, and Mariner fans, just you don't. It's not Mariners versus Seahawks. It's not. It's just normal people versus you, the idiots. So <laughs> just relax and chill and have some fun. We got. What forty some odd game, forty three games worth of left of baseball. Just sit back and enjoy them, guys. Enjoy the journey. We'll see where this thing ends. Um, but for now, the Mariners are in a great spot. The Seahawks are playing games, uh, kind of. <laughs> if you want to count these as games, so just yeah. enjoy sports in general. In general, it's a fun time. Yeah, it's a fun time. Take take the- a cue from Marco Gonzalez. Sports. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. I'm Wade. <laughs> That's right. Neat. So, <laughs> neat. yeah. Very, it, it's a neat time right now, guys. So, yeah, uh, yeah you know, we'll sign you, We'll sign off here, guys. Uh, you know, thanks for listening to the podcast. As always, you can subscribe on iTunes and uh, Google Music, and I believe we're also on, uh, like, Spotify, pretty much any major podcast carrier. You can find our podcast. Um be sure to subscribe, uh, leave a comment if you like, uh, hit us up on Twitter at Soto Mojo, um, FS, or you can find us on Facebook by just searching Soto Mojo. Um, we're interested to hear your, your feedback guys. We want you to be as involved with the podcast and the website as you want. So, uh, never, never be afraid to send us a question. Um, you know, and we'll try to answer to the best of our ability. So, uh, from all of us here at SotoMojo.com, um, I say, you know, go Mariners. Let's let's have some fun this week. And uh, I'll see you in another life. Peace. It's so hard to say goodbye to yesterday.